Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip our listeners with helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Hello and welcome in again to the Wisdom Wealth Podcast. I'm Josh Clues, the Senior Wealth Planner for Carson Wealth here in the Woodlands, Texas. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit um, about our service planning calendar and specifically in the month of July, we we try to review our stock option plans within client portfolios. And today, I, w- I want to focus on um, situations that I see out in the marketplace when we see prospective clients particularly typically, uh, that will come into us. And sometimes this applies what I'm about to talk about. Sometimes it doesn't, but I recently came across a YouTube video, uh, from a gentleman who will remain, remain nameless. Uh, but I say, suffice to say, I admire him. Uh, but he was admonishing a group of people, uh, that they only needed a handful of holdings in their portfolio that were a sure thing and they were good to go. And that's all they needed. And he used his himself as a as an example. I understand the sentiment that uh, this gentleman was trying to convey, um, but I also fundamentally believe that that sentiment means two totally different things when you're worth a couple of billion dollars versus call it ten million, just based off economies of a scale. Um, and so that reminded me of stock options and situations that we come into contact with sometimes. And so it's not uncommon for me to occasionally run across someone who is a, you know, a prospective client. And when I actually go top to bottom of their financial plan, um, they hold a lot of company stock in their 401k and they actually have a ton of stock options outside of their 401k. Um, often this creates a, a type of centralized position. Um, and I think maybe they seek it because they, they have a, comfort level with their own company and they understand it at a, at a basic level uh, in greater detail in their minds than they do uh, other sectors of the, of the economy or other holdings. But usually when I uncover this type of scenario, the common response is, is you know, gee, I didn't know that my net worth, that, that percentage of my net worth was tied to my own company or shoot, I didn't realize that 30% of my net worth was invested in this particular sector. How did that happen? So this situation um, can come about, you know, typically if the person is doing their own investing uh, on their own and, you know, it it happens, right? As humans, we are tempted to view things in a vacuum. And so we, we view our 401k in one particular silo and our taxable accounts in another particular silo and our stock option plans in another particular silo. And, you know, if, you, if you're doing that all on your own, you may not have the resources necessary to aggregate everything and pull everything together. So it can happen that way. Another way that I find that it happens is if the person in question is doing business with uh, more of a stockbroker or someone who's just an asset gatherer rather than an actual fiduciary financial planner. Um, that's where things happen. But one of the reasons I think this happens is, like I mentioned and alluded to earlier, is I think it's psychological. 
sometimes I think we can be tempted to hang on to a certain position uh, because we we are unsure of what might happen outside of you know our our company, but we think that you know hey we're, we're going to we're, we're sure of what's going to happen inside our company or inside our sector, and then that begets a, a situation where well. I was rewarded for hanging on to that position and now I have a large taxable position and I don't feel really good about having to go ahead and pay the taxes. So I'm going to go ahead and delay that. And you can see how the cycle continues uh, from even there. But when I come across this situation, I typically start by asking you know, the prospective client uh, across the table, you know, hey, how would you feel if your sector saw a 20% pullback or a 30% pullback? How about a 40% pullback? How do you feel? Do you think that you're going to have the willpower to ride out that downturn? And my point in asking this question is obviously coming from a place of just trying to gauge the client's um, belief and, and the, you know, do they actually believe in the risk that they're taking? Is, is this a calculated risk that's worth taking? Heck, we could both jump in a car, uh, traveling at a hundred mile, a hundred mile an hour and get to our final destination. And just because we got there safely the first time doesn't mean that we should try to do it again, but also commonsensically, it also you know, means that the odds of us doing that safely another time have decreased and we shouldn't try to do that again, but more people than I would like to admit do this, uh, you know, in small ways out in the marketplace. So I think we as humans also are back to the psychological piece are, are hardwired for hope. And it's so often that we fall prey to this by, you know, in our minds, we earmark a certain position to a certain outcome uh, that's personal to us. And once we've done this, you know, we as humans jump on that emotional cycle um, and that emotional train and it, it starts, uh, you know, in the, the uh, station of optimism, you know, to, to use the, the analogy. And then along the way, we, we encounter the depots of excitement and thrill and euphoria. And right before, you know, we make our way to the depots of denial, anxiety, fear, depression, and, and finally panic before we bail out on our once strongly held beliefs. So you can see where the above questions that I'm asking about the 20, 30, and 40% downturns, I'm trying to simulate this roller coaster a little bit. I want clients to understand that when everyone around them is calling something a sure thing, we should be cautious. Furthermore, uh, if everyone around us is uh, talking about the weather rather than their returns, we may be looking at, a, at an opportunity. Who knows? I laugh about this a little bit because um, as I'm conveying this, I'm reminded, I'm reminded that my elementary school age daughters are picking up on this just even via commercials that they see. It's not coming to hear them say, well, daddy wouldn't like that um, because he's seeing it and he's hearing, you know, people talk about what a, what, what a safe thing this is. So what would I rather see instead of asking all of this um, and, and, and instead of seeing this situation? I'd like to see what I call a family investment statement. I think it's a great starting place for every investor and ultimately answering the question, investor, what do you believe is a powerful question. 
Do you believe that person on the TV that's selling you impending doom? Or, or do you believe the data that shows incredible increases in standard of living, decreases in mortality rates, et cetera, efficiencies at scale? A family investment statement is useful because it forces you to take stock of what your family believes and why you specifically are different. Uh, it's a great defense against you know, the age-old foes of humanity. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about greed, envy. You know, now we've dressed up those things with uh, cool terms like fear of missing out. But it's the same sentiment. It's the same human condition that we're, we're trying to set up defenses against. Call me crazy, but I believe putting your beliefs to paper and talking about them within your family is powerful when it comes to accountability. Because everyone is now on the same page and has the ability to hold each other accountable when the other is weak. I find that this typically um, is you know, how we ward off those lesser angels during scary times. Um, and specifically, that's when you know past experiences that we've had that we didn't fully understand but we embodied uh, prey on our minds even more. Um, those maybe we had unfortunate circumstances as kids or that we heard about from our parents or grandparents and those mental images of economic catastrophe, they leave a mark on our mind, right? And we're not willing to admit that sometimes. So if you haven't done this, I would encourage you to put together, uh, your family's investment statement. It doesn't have to be publisher ready and publish publisher worthy. A simple word document will do, but it does need to be written down and it does need to be reviewed periodically. And it's just a simple process that forces you to overlay your first principles on top of your portfolio. It acts as a guiding light uh, when the inevitable market volatility that's out there comes your way and allows you to sift, better sift through uh, what's happening and how it affects your family so that you're not um, leaving, leaving um your principles behind in reaching for things that aren't real. So if you're listening to this and you have questions about your specific situation, I'd encourage you to reach out. Feel free to email me. Um, but again, thank you for listening and thank you for your time. And I hope that you have a great week and that this has been encouraging um, for your situation. Have a great day. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that this time has left you better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. May you and your family find truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in the Wisdom and Wealth podcast by Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. The guests on the Wisdom and Wealth podcast are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services are offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Please know that converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. A Roth IRA offers tax-free withdrawals on taxable contributions. To qualify for a tax-free and penalty-free withdrawal on earnings, 
a Roth IRA must be in place for at least five tax years. The distribution must take place after age 59 and a half or due to death, disability, or a first-time home purchase of up to $10,000 lifetime maximum. Depending on state law, Roth IRA distributions may be subject to state taxes. Our local address is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, Woodlands, Texas, 77380.